0: just while the uh, communion is finishing being collected up. Um, what was really interesting about it is that I was talking to Liz yesterday and as Zachary's been preparing for this, the question that came to mind is, what's, what's going through your head right now? And he said, sleep. And, and that was just, just like the thought, it was, it was in the morning, obviously, and, and he was talking about being awakened in God and he had no idea what I was preaching on because I haven't advertised the title, I haven't advertised anything. Uh, the message today is awakened. And obviously, coming off uh, Awakening Australia, we wanted to continue the concept, we wanted to continue the theme, we wanted to, to really look at that. And I've asked Kiri to come up and just share about 10 minutes worth of, of things that happened there. There was a whole team of people that went to the, uh, went to the conference and really, really were touched by it. And, uh, and, and all week, I've just been sensing that God wants to do something here today. Um, I've been preparing a message, I've been wrestling with this message, i spent I don't know how many hours putting this thing together and all the way through just going, I think God just wants to do something really different this morning. So we're just going to allow God to be God. We're going to uh, just go with the flow. We'll see where it all ends up. But I want you to respond this morning from a heart of, I-, I want to be part of this. I want to see revival happen in my church. I want to see revival happen in my community. I want to see revival happen in my life because this is where it starts. Amen. has to start here. The word revival means to stir up something which was once alive. And we'll probably look at that a little bit later on, but let's let's just ask Kiri to come forward and just share a little bit about what's happened uh, over the week.
1: Am I good? Excellent. Because, you know, Adrian was going to preach for 10 or 20 minutes or something first, and then I was going to get up later. So, you know, I'm really ready to jump up here before you. Um... I actually am just so excited to see what God has done um, in awakening over the last week. I am just so pumped and I came back and I went and met with Pastor Adrian and said, you know, we have to kind of somehow try and convey to you some of the things about it because I know that you couldn't all be there. And, you know, if I'd realized how absolutely amazing it would have been, I would have been up here every week for the last six months saying, you have to come, you have to come. Um, They're talking about doing another one in 2020, so you know, between now and then, every week, maybe I will just say to you, make sure you come when they do it again, but one thing that they said at the end was, don't wait for them to do another great big stadium event you know take it back and do it in your churches now you know we are not dependent on this massive stadium event to see the spirit of god move so you know that's really what our heart is that we kind of bring that back now and say you know what is god saying to us now and um so it was an amazing event it was in marvel stadium which had been aptly renamed you know marvel because it was really marvelous apart from going off its head and all those other sorts of good things it really was amazing to see that many christians gather together and from uh all over australia um there were a lot of international guests i was so blessed to see even in the sense the australian guests you know we're so multicultural we're not just um Uh, There's sort of people from every culture that call themselves Australian. And that was so exciting to be standing sort of next to all these people from different cultures as we all raised our hands in worship. I mean, that was just amazing to see all these people that have a heart for Australia come together and so that was really, really incredible. I mean the stadium was like there were lots and lots, thousands and thousands of people there. I don't know official numbers but thousands of people there. If you are interested there's a lot of their messages on Facebook. They'll be um, on their website as well if you want to listen to some of their messages and so they were really good. They had a lot of outreach events. They really encouraged people to bring people that didn't know the lord they had two big nights of outreach events where it was a really strong evangelistic message and hundreds of people went forward to commit their lives to the lord hundreds of people ran like because marvel stadiums like these tiers, you know they've got that flat bit down the bottom and then these tiers, and there were people running down from the second tier to sort of as if they were going to miss out you know to get to the front to give their life to jesus Um, so that's just like so incredible to see that kind of response and then on monday night they had a big mass baptism at st kilda beach now i'd already come back so i couldn't go and see that but i'm sure that would have also been really amazing to see all these people that gave their heart to the lord be saved and um you know and they've really been talking about you know, if you brought someone that wasn't saved, bring them to this, you know, planting them in local churches, not just, you know, making a commitment and then off they go and what do they do next, but, you know, getting them involved, getting them into the local churches. So I wanted to share a couple of things with you that some of the speakers shared just to um, kind of pass on some of what their heart was. There were a few speakers from um, overseas that had come and there were a couple of Australian speakers as well and on the Sunday morning they did they called it a national church service and they had well they had worship you know worship you know worship you know you worship and then maybe an hour and a half later you're still worshiping and and then maybe eventually they get to the message so you know if you're after you know being out of there in an hour and 20 minutes well you wouldn't have even got to the message most days but the worship was really 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 good and um, so they had a church service on Sunday morning where they invited a lot of australian pastors to come and speak and so they didn't have a big international preacher they invited probably half a dozen different australian pastors from different denominations to get up and speak which is amazing because you hear the heart of the people from our nation you don't just hear the heart of um heidi baker and bill johnson who are fantastic of course you know and they came to bless our nation but you hear the heart also of some of the australian pastors so they started off um and Phil Pringle spoke, some of you would remember Phil Pringle from years ago. He's been a pastor in Australia for a long time. He shared from, so I'm just going to read a few things that people um, shared just to kind of give you a bit of an idea. So he shared from Matthew 9:36 to 10 verse 1, which is, but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the labourers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. And he talked about how Jesus empowers us to do what he did on earth. And so he calls us first to him and then he sends us out with power to over unclean spirits, to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. Um, and another thing that someone said at one point, you know there's a verse that talks about the fields being white for harvest. And someone shared because they have been talking to a farmer and I love these sorts of little details. When, when it's harvest time, the fields are actually golden. They're ready to be harvested. And when the fields are white, they're actually overripe. They're, they're a little bit past ready. And so, when the fields are white, you know you need to get that in really quickly, or it's going to be too late. And so, there's this sort of huge sense of urgency that starts to come through when you look at, look at the word, and when you apply that to our nation, that like it's time now. It's not, um, it's not like maybe in a little bit. It is actually time now that it's time for the harvest. It's time, um, time for a move of God in our nation. Um, so, I'll just run through these things, or I'll attempt to not get sidetracked um heidi baker shared from 1 john 3 verse 8 says for this purpose the son of god was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil her she is love poured out for the people of africa She talked about being love manifest, that people need to feel the love of God poured out through our lives, that love has to look like something, that it can't just be words, that he wants to take you, fill you with his Holy Spirit and send you out to be his hands and feet and uh, her life is a testimony of that and um, that was really encouraging to hear her and to hear some of her life and her passion poured out uh, for people you know, for the lost, for the hurting, for the hungry, for, um, yeah, for the people of, of that nation, but, but, you know, for the people of Australia as well. Um, in the Sunday morning service, Margaret Court spoke. Some of you would remember that Margaret Court came here, um, I don't know how many years ago, quite a few years ago, um, and she talked about windows of opportunity that God opens for his people, and her heart is that there is a window now over Australia we have a Christian prime minister and the Holy Spirit is hovering over our nation to perform his word. Her encouragement was to love the nation and to pray for it and our leaders and our prime minister every day. That was her encouragement, you know, every day to pray for our nation, to stir yourself up in the spirit and that there's a grace and favour on God's church to be released and to go out and do his will. So many of these speakers talked about this kind of now moment that um, I better read this next one because it's, it says the same thing um, there was such a common theme coming through some of them there were the sort of two big evangelistic messages but then the other ones around that such a common theme that you know now is the time um, Bill Johnson talked about he did a really good message on prayer if you've got a heart to stir up on pray and pray then um, get hold of that message or I just wrote it down about word for word you can come and I 'll preach it to you um, And he talked about how we are co-laborers and not to put off what could happen in our day, not to just look at the word and think, well, that's for some time, you know, send out laborers into the harvest, do this, do that, you know, preach the gospel. That's that's not just for maybe in a hundred or a thousand years' time, it's for today and not to put off what we could pray and see happen in today because God expects us to pray, to represent people before him, Um, John 16 24 says until you have asked nothing and until now you have asked nothing in my name ask and you will receive that your joy may be full and there is joy in answered prayer so God's promises this is what Bill Johnson was talking about require us to co-labor with him Um, he's not actually going to make them all happen automatically he's not going to send revival on our nation Just without us. You know, it's not going to happen while we're not looking. It's going to happen as we co labour with Him. And we are, it's like we're on the edge of something. We're really on the edge of something in our nation. We've had this amazing awakening event. We've had people praying for our nation all year, and it is and we have a Christian prime minister. I mean, I just keep thinking, and like, you know, for such a time as this, and I mean, we don't know what's going to happen at the next election, but right now, in this moment, when we have had all this prayer into our nation, when we've had all these people gathered together to worship Jesus, we have a Christian prime minister. And he sent a couple of messages to Awakening, one video clip that they played of of him. He was up in the Northern Territory doing something or other, but they played this clip of him thanking people that have been um emailing him and saying they're praying for him and just really blessing the event i mean like you know he talked about god the prime minister talked about god in a video clip not just did the sort of politically correct message he talked about god and and that was just you know we are just in this moment where um like the sense in me is that we could miss it if we don't do anything that we could kind of just let it pass away and say well it was awesome and not actually really do anything with it and i don't know really how to convey that to you because it's it's like something that you weren't all there but yet the holy spirit stirs in our hearts and it is easy to get really absorbed in our own lives and you know i know that as much as any of you i mean even going to awakening was a huge challenge for me you know we've been super super busy at work and Um, yet I knew that God wanted me to go and so I went knowing that it was going to be hard for me and I haven't actually been very well and I went knowing feeling like I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to be okay to do this and it was such a faith step for me to do it because this is my personal testimony and yet I saw God provide everything like down to the tiniest detail like walking out the door and there is the bus from the airport that I need to catch and what, what am I going to eat for dinner and there is a place that I can find something to eat. I saw God just really just make everything so smoothly that there was never a moment where I felt a bit lost or a bit overwhelmed or a bit how am I going to do this and, and normally you do something like that and you come back and you're pretty tired because you really poured out. Somewhere in the worship on Sunday afternoon God did something in my life and i've come back full of energy and excitement and enthusiasm and (laughs) um, i i look at it and think because i'm not i'm not a street evangelist i don't find it really easy to go out and just talk to a stranger about jesus that's not kind of my personality but yet i look at it and think if god can take care of all these little details to get me somewhere like that you know he can take care of every other detail to step out and to you know if i can it's hard to explain, but I feel like you know, we can get absorbed in our own stuff and that's real. Whatever we're going through is real, um, but yet we need to have this perspective for our nation. We need to have this bigger picture for our nation. We need to have a heart for our nation and for the people in our nation that don't know Jesus. And if God can get a few of us to a conference and make that okay, you know, God can look after the rest of our lives so that we can put some time in on our face praying for our nation or so that we can go out and we can reach out to someone that doesn't know Jesus. And, you know, this is not about I feel guilty and I should do this. This is not about I should try harder to do this. This is about asking God to change our hearts and set us on fire for our nation and for souls in our nation. This is about asking God to give us the courage and boldness that we don't have in ourselves. This is not about we are all going to be street evangelists. This is about stepping forward into our calling, taking the power of God out into the street and showing people that Jesus is real. This is about dealing with our own fear of man or fear of what people will think of us or fear of whatever it is and about surrendering ourselves to god for the sake of our nation you know because we are all going to heaven if we have given our life to jesus so we're all good with that but what about all the people that haven't and what are we going to do about that and like i just want to sort of go in a corner and not have to really think about that but i am so stirred so stirred to um to be open to God, to surrender to God every day and say, God, what will you do? And not to miss this opportunity to be part of what God will do in our nation because God will move in our nation and God will move in Tasmania and God will stir his church and please, I want City Light to be part of that. I don't want us to miss out on that. I don't want us to look back in a year and think, oh yeah, there was a revival and I did hear that some good things were happening at River City or at St. Clements or at the family church. You know, I want City Light to be part of that. I want this nation, um, you know, the, the guy, let me just um, see and find this a little bit quickly, and I don't know if I can pronounce his name. In 1606, the, um, the guy that first came to Australia, Ferdinand Pedro de Quiros you know, which from now on should be called the southern land of the Holy Ghost and this always and forever and to that and to all natives and to all the land the holy and sacred evangel may be preached zealously and openly. And, you know, in Australia we can still preach the gospel zealously and openly. And, you know, this is the great south land of the Holy Spirit and, you know, God wants to bring revival but he's going to need us he's actually going to need our hands and our feet and he's going to need our prayers and our prayers every day not just our prayers occasionally but you know we need God to break our heart for it because otherwise we cannot do it in our own effort we cannot do it in our own strength our lives are busy we have our own challenges and we cannot just make ourselves somehow do this but God can do this in us God can break our hearts. God can stir our hearts. Um, we've got a, Can we play that clip now? Do you think that would be a good... You'll do it after. Um, do you want me to stop now? <laughs> or shall I just keep going like this? Um, we might let um, Pastor Adrian share a little bit too, but we do want to offer an opportunity today to respond, and we are going to do that when, um, when Pastor Adrian's finished sharing too. Oh, you don't need that.
0: It was really exciting being, um, we weren't able to be there because uh, Nathan's uh, Bucks party was last weekend. So we've got a wedding this coming weekend, which is really exciting. So Rob and I will be on holidays for this next week. So if you try calling me, I will not respond. Uh, and we probably won't be here next week because we'll still be cleaning up after the wedding. So it's going to be a big weekend. But uh, the great thing about The Awakening was that it was, it was live. You could watch it uh, anytime you like. We, we sat in the lounge room a number of times and uh, and watch the services. Uh, I was looking out for people here that I knew, but couldn't see them. <laughs> too, too many there. Um, I had it going in the uh, when I was in the garden one afternoon. I was listening to it out there. So it just it's so there's so much available online now. We're so blessed. But over the last probably six months, there's been a number of churches, uh, particularly in Hobart, but all over Australia, have been praying for our nation in the lead up to the Awakening Conference. And what's been interesting is that the uh, you know, for the six months everyone's praying, they're believing for revival, they're believing for breakthrough, they're believing for the miraculous. And, and there's been so many prophetic words about revival happening within Australia. There's been uh, prophetic words about revival starting in Tasmania. And, and I look at all these and I think, this is awesome, but I've got to be part of that. And what I found interesting was that hearing different people's conversations and comments about the awakening, some said, well, we'll see what happens when it finishes. There's all this hype leading up to it. What will happen afterwards? And I understand that. There was other people who would obviously have attended a concert for three days and had an absolute blast and loved it. But there's other people who have been praying, seeking God, believing for the miraculous, went to the conference, and they're coming home saying, this has to continue. We're believing for more. We're believing for more. So you've got the three different groups there. And depending on which one you're in will depend on how you obviously view it. But regardless of where we fit in, revival is never going to come to Kingston, it's never going to come to City Light, it's never going to come to me, unless I'm starting to put a demand on what God wants. And when I, when I say demand, I'm not talking about having a tantrum, I want this now. But if you uh, consider, can I just turn the, uh, Josiah, turn the stage lights down to zero for a minute? Just turn them right off. Summit's saying on, that's it. Um, now we consider these lights, they're here the power is running to these lights, it's available. But these lights will not come on until Josiah puts a demand on the power supply. So if we can throw them up again now. Suddenly there's a demand, the power is there. Now the power is in this building all the time. We have the Holy Spirit available to us 24-7, but too often we're actually not putting the demand on the power that's available to us. And if we want to see revival, if we want to see a breakthrough, We've gotta start putting a demand on the authority, on the anointing, on the power of the Holy Spirit that is available in us every single day. I don't need to wait to come to church to get prayer. Because if I come in this building, uh, the night of the floods back in May, I walked in this building at 12.30 to find the place under water. First thing I did was hit the lights. If I didn't know where the lights were at 12.30 in the morning, I would be in trouble. You need to know how to access the power when there's no one around and the holy spirit is in you on you part of your life every single day but you need to know how to tap into that if we want to see revival happen and revivals like azusa street the welsh revival uh, there's a number of different ones they're all significant outpourings of the holy spirit and we we know that they're, they're unique and the holy spirit's involved in those but if we go back to acts 2 we see that's when the holy spirit actually came upon the church for the first time. And like I said earlier, a revival is when something that was alive comes alive again. So if you want to know what a revival looks like, look at Acts 2. The Holy Spirit came upon them, there was a fire in them, they went out and preached, the first meeting they had straight, they walked outside, had their first meeting, 3,000 people saved. Things started happening. The very next chapter, a lame man starts walking then a few verses later, 5,000 people get saved. That's revival. Mm -hmm. Well, it's actually not because it's the first time it happened, but if we want to see revival, it means going back to what originally was, and that's the original that we need to be pursuing as a church. And what I find interesting, and, and Daniel said this to me years ago, he said, for a Pentecostal church, we're not very Pentecostal. He said some of the mainline churches are more Pentecostal than Pentecostal churches. So are we really going to pursue the things of the Spirit or are we just going to do church on Sunday? If we want to see revival, we have to start making demands on the power that exists within us. And so often we're worried about what people think and we don't care what God thinks. God said, go and make disciples of all nations. But I just want to love people. We'll love them, but make disciples. But I'm not called to be an evangelist but you're still called to evangelise, you're still called to step out, you're still called to to live God to people wherever you are. Whether you're in the business place, whether you're walking down the street, you can actually still be Christ with hands and feet to people. We all like to help people. It's it's common to Australian culture to be a mate that steps in and helps people. We need to go to the next step and say, let me show you Jesus. And I had a guy yesterday that... um, it was actually the day before. I used to work with him uh, with counselling, and he was the coordinator of a, of a big um, uh, rehab place. And I haven't spoken to him for a period of time. But he sends me a wave on Facebook, and I'm going, oh, one of these, great. Anyway, I waited. I was busy preparing a message. The next day, I thought, I'll just send him a wave back. Hey, how are you going? He said, I'm recovering. I've had, um, I've had brain damage for a number of months. I'm going, oh. And this, this then started a conversation. Uh, he's, he's a diabetic, he's a severe diabetic, extremely active, he does mountain climbing, uh, outdoor adventures, and I go, how do you do this? He goes, I've got a surgical implant that injects me every time I need it. And so he's, he's a severe diabetic, and I find out he's had a diabetic coma, he's been in hospital, he had brain damage as a result of it, and he said, that's my lot in life now, I just have to work through this sort of stuff. And I found myself at a place where I'm going, somebody who's gone through this much pain, Where's God for him? And I found, just for a moment, I'm going, do I say anything or not? I know he was a Christian. I haven't spoken to him for a period of time. So I threw the question forward, where's God in this for you? He said, absolutely everywhere. I wouldn't be where I am without him. And that then made it a lot easier for me to continue encouraging and sending him scriptures and and all those sort of things. But I thought, so often we find it easy to witness to Christians, we'll talk to Christians, really, really easy. I can encourage a Christian really, really easy. But what about the unsaved? What about the lost? They need to hear Christ and they will only hear it from us. They will only hear it from you and I. And so if I wanna see revival, I've I've gotta start making demands on the power that's in me. You've gotta start making demands on the power that's in you. Because God made you with dominion and authority. You're not just made a person, you're not made just to live your life and then one day die and hopefully go to heaven, you are made to reflect Christ in all that we do. Who's the head? Jesus Jesus is the head, we're the body. So our responsibility is to say, well, what anointing did the head have? I need that anointing on me. I've got to pursue what the head did because I'm part of this body. And I've heard people say, but I'm not a mouthpiece, I'm not a person, then be the hands, be the feet. Find whatever your ministry is and do it to the fullest potential you have, but do it with an expectation that I'm gonna be ministering life into people. And if somebody asks questions, I will speak quickly. It's so easy for us to sit back, oh, I don't know whether to say anything, I don't know whether I will, I don't know whether I won't. God gave us the Holy Spirit, we're called to model Jesus. We're created in the image and likeness of Jesus. Man was given dominion on the day of creation. Jesus said, behold, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, speak to the mountain and command it to be cast into the sea and it will. He said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead and cast out demons. There's an expectation on us to do something, to continue the work that Jesus did. And we often look and say, but Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit, that's why he did what he did. You have the same Holy Spirit in you, there are no excuses He is the head, we are the body. We follow his leading, we follow his example and we operate under the anointing. So we need to step out of our comfort zone and say, well, I'm just going to speak. And the first time you speak will be really hard but then the next time you speak it'll be easier and easier and easier. And it doesn't matter what age you are, you are called to minister life of Christ wherever you go. If we look at Acts 2, we see that outpouring and that's the sort of thing that I want. And every time we look and say, well, revival's what I'm looking for, I've got to come back to Acts 2. But you know what, there's no mention of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the form of a revival after that. They just continued living in that. So we're often saying, well, we're waiting for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we're wanting to see revival in our nation, and we're looking for this one-day event. But the Holy Spirit rests on us today. We're called to be the Acts 2 church today. We're called to pray for people today and expect God to do things today, not wait for a revival. So as we're going to start putting demands on the anointing, God's going to start responding to the church and then you'll start seeing things happen but it has to start with us first. It starts with an attitude of I want to give my absolute all. If we look at 2 Kings chapter 2 when Elijah was taken to heaven, Elisha said I want a double portion of the anointing that's on you. And Elijah said, if you see it, you'll have it. So then Elijah's taken to heaven, Elisha walks away and he says, he he just knows, he's seen God time and time again be faithful and he knows, I've seen it, therefore this anointing is mine, this double portion is mine, I'm going to start living with this right now. And it's interesting, he picks up the mantle, he walks to the water, hits the water and says, where is the God of Elijah? And we often read that, and we don't really understand the depths of it. And so, I pulled it apart the other day, and I was looking at when he struck the water. It can be written in two ways. The first one, when you look at the grammar, I won't have it pronounced right, but the first one, I think, is called Cal, where it's just a statement of fact. It's just a simple action. He sat, he talked, he ate, he hit the water. It's a simple action. It's finished. The next one is hifil, And I know I've pronounced that one wrong, but the concept is that there's a a causative effect behind it, and that's how this verse is written. He didn't just hit the water finished, he hit the water with intention. And our prayers are often not intentional, they're just actions. So are you praying cal prayers, where you pray for someone and you walk away, or are you praying hifil prayers, and expecting God to do something. We need to get away from that cow type mindset and say, I'm gonna do something. And the other thing that's interesting, that word is written in the imperfect tense, which means he hit the water and something else was supposed to happen. Our prayers need to be hifal imperfect. I pray and I expect God to do something from here. If I lay hands on the sick, I don't just pray and walk away, I pray. And as we covered last time I preached, the, fervent, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Or the power-generating prayer of a man or woman in right standing with God is a force to be reckoned with from the moment you speak it. So the moment you lay hands on someone, you believe that God is going to do something, and I'm not, I might walk away, but from this moment, God is going to change your life. From this moment, your healing is taking place. So we need to stop talking about, I don't see, it's not happening, why does God never answer my prayers? we need to say, I've prayed, it's gonna happen. We need to start praying hiphil prayers rather than kal prayers. Amen? Yep. If we wanna see revival, revival has gotta be hiphil mindset rather than kal. Oh, well, I prayed. K Sarah Sarah, whatever will be, will be. I'll just leave it up to God. No, God says, you're my power supply. You've gotta start injecting life everywhere you go. You've gotta start being the life everywhere you go. We need to be hungry for the things of God in everything that we do. And I think quite often that our, the reason we don't see it is because we're not expecting, we're not putting the demands on the anointing, we're not praying enough, we're not seeking enough. I've been reading up on a number of revivals that happened and every revival that happened was preceded with prayer, hyphil prayer. Not, God, please do something one day. Our country is going down the chute. We need our country to change. God, please do something and leave it. We pray expecting. We pray and we then start living the difference. And as we start doing that, and, and the, the old word they used in the old times was, was travailing. They were birthing something in the Spirit. And it's been interesting the last few weeks the word birthing has been stirring within my spirit and i believe it's the theme we're going to be running with next year because i think god wants to do something but it needs to start now not next year the prevailing prayer is a prayer that says i am seeking god i am i am praying for a miracle i am really pressing in god i need to see this god i want to see change in my city i want to see change in my life i want to see change in my family I'm not standing for my children, not walking in the ways of God anymore. God, I press in, your word says I can. And we start pushing and pushing and pushing and making demands on the power of God that are rightfully ours. If we wanna see revival, we have to start pushing. Our prayers need to be expectation prayers. And stop speaking, stop cancelling out your prayers. The moment you speak, it, this is what I'm believing for, then you start speaking, God is breaking through. My family are getting saved. I believe that my kids will know God. And over the last number of weeks, I've seen God start doing things. I've seen people contact me saying, I want to apologise for this. I've heard people getting saved. Last, uh, last night, Daniel was at uh, Red Frogs in Queensland, and he said a guy walks up the street. They had a, uh, a girl on a bridge, that's one of the suicide attempts that happens quite often. They talked her down. They took her into a counsellor, and he said, I wasn't allowed to go inside. because I'm more trained than the counsellor, and I had to stay outside. He goes, but... He said, what I saw was this guy turns up, he goes, You guys are red frogs? He goes, Yep. He goes, Someone gave me a Bible. What's it all about? (laughs) Well, let me tell you. (laughs) So he has a conversation with this guy. Goes on for about ten minutes. And when it finished, he goes, Let me get your phone number and I'll call you tomorrow when I'm home and we'll talk more. He goes, I don't want to wait, I want to get saved now. They're the things we need to be expecting. We need to be expecting the miraculous. Adrian was just sharing this morning with me that his voice has been healed this week. I wasn't aware of the extent of the pain that he'd been going through for so long. He hasn't been able to sing properly without pain. He's led a, a worship conference all week. God has done... A, we need to see these things time and time again. We need to expect these things. God, this thing isn't right with my body. Your word says I'm healed and I will stand on that until I see this come to fruition. Like I said, we need to press in, we need to be seeking God, we need to be pursuing the things of God. If we want to see revival, we have to expect it to happen. Who who knows where the movie capital of the world is? Hollywood. It's actually Louisiana, believe it or not. Hollywood lost the title. But you look around, there's so many different capitals of the world, what's the shopping capital of the world? New York, what's the nightlife capital of the world? What's the revival capital of the world? (laughs) We need to have that, see the reason people go to the movie capital of the world or the shopping capital of the world, that's where it's all happening. If I wanna be part of that, that's where I go. So if I wanna see a revival happen here, then I've gotta start living so that people say, this is the place to be you don't sound excited. I want to see revival happen in this church. I want to see the word preached here, the people come here. See, too often we're worried about what people think and we don't really worry about what God thinks. We set time limits in place and this is something God challenged me on this week. Now, we don't need to waste time, we don't need to waffle, but we need to be pursuing the things of God and if God shows up, let's just stay in his presence for a bit longer. I don't care if I don't preach, I don't care if, if we get out of here at 2.30 or 4.30 or 6.30. Or, you know, revival meetings that used to happen years ago went for week after week after week. People went to these meetings every single day. They didn't have a day off. They didn't say, I'm tired, I'm, I'm not going tonight, there's a good movie on. They went every single day. And those things changed and then they changed into conferences. I think it was back in the 80s where they had three day, and you can learn a lot at a conference, it's great. But then it started becoming Monday, uh, the the morning and the night services. And then it comes just the morning service. And then it cuts back to some of the big churches I've heard in America will run for a maximum of 75 minutes. That's the most effective, efficient church happening. And we're looking for efficiency, we're looking for effective. I wanna see the Holy Spirit. We need to be praying more, we need to be reading the word more, we need to be seeking God more, we need to be expecting more. So I'm asking, as the pastor, I'm asking you to be here at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. 9.30 if you've got the prayer meeting. See, the thing is, we often go, oh, it's okay, it's only Sunday morning. I had a big week. Come hungry for the presence of God. Come seeking the presence of God. I came here today believing that All week, God, something's going to happen, something's going to happen, something's going to happen, and I've just been pressing in, believing for it. I don't know what's going to happen today, but I believe something, and I've walked into this place, and there's an expectation that God will do something. You need to be here at 10 o'clock. You need to be in there at 9.30, praying for the service, praying for revival, praying for our families, praying for breakthrough. We don't see revival because we're not really intentional. I need you to be here on time. I need you to engage in worship. I need you to tithe. I need you to get involved in the life of the church. Not just go, oh, somebody else can do it. If we want to see revival, we have to press in. We have to be part of that. We have to to live with a Hifl mindset. That whatever I do, there's purpose behind it. Even me giving my finances, there's something happening in the spirit behind this. It's a biblical principle coming on time, expecting that. And that's something that just, we've got to push in, we've got to do better. The churches all over Australia are complacent. People come to church late. They don't do, We have to give more. We have to seek God more. If we want to see revival, if we want to see breakthrough, it starts with me. I don't come to church on Sunday going, well, we'll see who else turns up. I'm going to be there on time. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God I'm gonna believe for the miraculous in my life. I'm gonna believe that as soon as I touch someone and pray that something is gonna happen from that point on. Because that's the sort of life that I'm supposed to live. And if I start making those sort of demands spiritually, the Holy Spirit will respond and we will see revival like we've never expected. I've got a clip I wanna watch. It goes for about 10 minutes. Uh, The guy's name is uh, Jean-Luc Tassel, I think, or Tassel or something. It'll, it'll run, this is coming straight off the back of a time of worship, keep it going, just turn the volume down for a minute, comes straight off a time of worship, and this, this guy comes up who's the leader of, of uh, Awakening Switzerland, he then comes up and just shares what God has spoken to him, a bit of history, but listen particularly at the end for, the, for what he shares.
2: Precious Papa, we love you and we belong to you. And Australia belongs to you. And because this continent belongs to you, God, I can hear a new sound coming from heaven for this continent. I would love everybody to stand on their feet. I'm Jean-Luc Traxel from Switzerland. At the age of five, I give my life to Jesus. But at the age of six, on my bedroom, I receive the Holy Spirit and fire. And as the power came over me, God called me to go to the nation of the world. But on this fire, I heard a voice coming from heaven, coming audibly, and I heard it out loud, Europe shall be saved. I grew up and I became a very good friend of Reinhard Bonnke. And being close friend of him, I heard so many times, Africa shall be saved and I went to his conferences and he was making the crowd shouting Africa shall be saved and everybody was repeating Africa shall be saved and me I repeated the first time because Reinhard is really a close friend of my family and myself and he's really a dad for me and to respect and to bring my support I shouted Africa shall be saved but the second time I shouted the sound that I heard Europe shall be saved. And then he brought me to Africa and I was to one of, this, of his largest crusades in Lagos, Nigeria. I was on the stage with him and it was a multitude of multitude. The police and the officials say it was more than five million people, but the people, the, Reinhard is such an honest guy, it was 1.6 million people. Preach the gospel. When the altar call was done, 1,036,000 people filled up the decision card for Jesus. I was crying like a baby seeing that the Lord said go back to Europe, you're going to see the same things. A few years later, I started to see something happening in my continent. People said for many years it was like the hardest continent. Even many places were called the cemeteries of missionaries. And it was hard, difficult, but since a few years, something shifted in the atmosphere. And I heard again this voice with thousands of angels, but mainly God's voice saying, Europe shall be saved. That's the reason things started to happen everywhere. Big crowd, thousands of people getting saved, healings. And it's what's happening today in Europe. Two years ago, we brought key leaders from all around Europe, including some close friends like Daniel Kolenda or Heidi Baker, with my mom. And we spent two days praying and seeking the Lord for Europe, and at the end of this time, all of them, they lay down their goes and their logos, and they said, let's walk together to bring back Jesus in Europe and let's work together for 100 million souls. And that's the way this movement started. Today, it's going everywhere, from the Catholic Cardinal, the Archbishop of the Lutheran Churches, even some top president politician, even some people in the high level, they are coming together. Thousands of leaders and churches are coming together to bring back the gospel to Europe. And it's happening. And I'm asking you to pray for Europe. And if you are called to come in Europe, obey God's voice, come as a missionary to Europe. Now I arrive to my point. Ben organized Awakening Australia, which is not Europe. Ben, if you can come, it will be wonderful. Ben is one of my closest friends uh, and I'm so glad that I want to say thank you Australia that you are and you sent this missionary to Europe uh, and he's a key man today to Europe he's in charge of uh, the, this ground to going from villages, cities, and especially stadium to stadium to take back this continent of Europe for Jesus uh, and we are working very closely and we became very good friends, laughing, having fun but working for the harvest. Now, when you say there will be awakening in Australia, I would love that you come. I said, okay, Ben. yeah, you are my good friend, so I will come for you if you are coming. And I was fighting, I said, well, that's too far. 20 years ago, I came to this country, and I said, never again I will come here unless God call me. It's like the end of the world, Australia. It's the beginning of the world. It is the beginning of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah! So, i arrive wrap and I will conclude with that. But I will release something powerful. So, for weeks, these last weeks, I've been so busy in Europe because things is happening and it's wonderful. And I have, I want to say honestly, my burden is for Europe. I'm praying, crying out for Europe, for seeing this continent saved. And I didn't have the burden for Australia. But I came here because of my friend Ben. And until Hong Kong, I didn't know why I came until I knew that it was because my friendship. Uh, But I arrived at the airport in Hong Kong and suddenly I saw open heaven and I saw the mouth of God, the good father, Abba. The one I belong. And I saw his mouth and then he released a whisper. And this whisper was, Australia shall be saved. I said, Papa, why do you whisper when I heard Europe shall be saved? you were standing on your feet and releasing this sound over the continent of Europe. He said, go to Australia and tell to my church to put volume on this powerful sentence. So today, I'm here with Ben. What we carry for Europe and the sounds we heard and we are still hearing and every day tens of thousands are shouting Europe shall be saved and it's happening God is saving Europe it's happening today I would with all the strength with the same authority the same power the same passion with heaven I will release this sound and will ask you to put some volume on the whisper of God the Father. And today, out loud, I shout over this continent, Australia shall be saved! And this morning I was running here in Melbourne, and I felt the revival coming to an island, and the man just stopped me. He was from Tasmania. I do believe revival is coming in Tasmania. That's how we declare, Tasmania shall be saved in the name of Jesus. And as heaven is open, there is a massive healing waves coming to Australia. So receive it in the name of Jesus.
0: With that in mind, who wants to see revival in Kingborough? Just stand up. If you wanna see revival, we're gonna do something different. I'm gonna ask you to come forward. We're going to have to be a part of revival if you want to see it happen. And I'm going to ask, don't stay in your seat. If you want to see revival, come forward. So often we just sit there and we wait for somebody else. We think, I don't have to. If you want to see revival, come forward. You need to respond. Unless you're medically unable to, everyone should be here because I want to see God move in this city. Amen. Amen. Amen? We're going to pray. I was going to get, um, how many people here actually went to the hands nice and high? I'm going to get you guys, including the young guys that might be here, to wander around and just start laying hands on people, just imparting. So the key is, what was released there on the Sunday, there was an activation service where they they prayed over people for an activation, uh, literally on them, that they can then take that out. We're asking that these guys just lay, don't pray anything else but just imparting what God's given you. So don't think, oh, I've I've had a kid lay hands, I've had an old person lay. Just receive. This is part of that hyphil praying. I'm expecting God to do something. Because when Elisha hit the water, he didn't just tap it, he hit it hard and he caused the water to move and he believed that God would do the rest. Our prayers need to be that I will pursue this I will do something here and I will expect God to carry it through. As they lay hands on you, you receive the impartation and believe from this moment, I'm going to go out and do something for God. Amen. So those who went, just... Yep. Um, just... Sorry,
1: just slowly, probably down here. I have to talk really loudly. Um, I, I don't, like, just because of um, organising prayer in the church and stuff, I don't want to not do anything from that and... I'm really stirred to uh, start a prayer meeting to pray for this. Oh, maybe I've got some volume now. I'm really stirred to start a prayer meeting to pray for our nation and to pray for revival. Mm. And it wouldn't be very structured, and it might be sort of let's lie on the floor and... um, Cry out to God for revival in our land. Mm. And I only just sort of started thinking about this as I'm sitting there. And I haven't talked to Pastor Adrian yet, but he'd probably let me do another prayer meeting. (laughs) Um, So I'm thinking maybe Tuesday night, but I guess what I would like is um, maybe afterwards you can give me your name um, and your number if you're interested. Like, I really just, I'm not going to come with a prayer list. I'm going to come with a heart for the nation. Mm. So I'm going to come and just be here for an hour or so. And um, I will say I'll do it on 7 Tuesday night. But if you want to let me know if you're really keen, if that doesn't work. Like, I'm not locked into Tuesday. I'm just thinking about this week. So, um, you know, we can't just not do anything. I want to do everything I can to make opportunity for us to corporately be able to pray together.
0: Mm. Thanks. So we're just going to start praying, and I just want those who have been to the conference just to start walking around, just laying hands on people. There's quite a few people here. Uh, If you haven't had anyone pray, just put your hands up so they can at least see you. But I just want you to start interceding. You just start praying. This isn't about me praying. This is about us as a church praying. Just walk around, lay hands on people. Don't spend a whole lot of time praying. Just impart what God has given you. Father, we just thank you for every person in this place. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you are our God, that we are your children, that you have imparted something into this nation through this last, uh, the last six months even of prayer. Lord, but we want this to continue. We want to see revival happen within our community. Father, I ask for an outpouring upon us as individuals. I ask for an outpouring upon us as a church. Lord, I ask for an outpouring upon the businesses that are here, for the anointing to fall upon those who own businesses, that they will start seeing the the miraculous power of God operating even within their businesses. Lord, those that we speak to within clubs, whether we're on the street shopping, the the people at the checkout, those who, who serve us, Lord, we just thank you for opportunity to minister life. Lord, I thank you that as the time comes and we have to open our mouth, that you'll just give us the words to speak that the anointing upon us will be something that people are starting to seek. Lord, the anointing on our lives will be something that people want to press into, that that they say there's something upon you that I want. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to be your children. Lord, we speak revival over our lives as individuals. We speak revival over this church. We thank you, God, that your word is preached here, that Holy Spirit, you are free to move here. And we invite you here just to have your way. Just to operate, to, to lead us as you want, to let us pursue you with a with a, a hunger and a passion. Oh God, we just worship you, Father. We thank you, Jesus, for the privilege we have. Come on, church, let's can lift, continue lifting our voices. Ask God, travail for God, begging for revival, because it has to start with us. It has to be something that we are pleading God for. To travail when somebody gives birth is a the whole, the whole time before that is a real strong process. Pursue that. Seek God. Seek God like you've never done before. Say, God, I want this to happen in me. Yeah. Holy Spirit, we ask that you come upon every person in this place. Baptize us with a fresh anointing. Baptize us with your fire. We ask for an outpouring in this place. Lord, we ask for an outpouring. Do the work in us, O God. Do the work in us, oh God. Just keep praying. So often we're afraid to speak out because there's there's a fear in us of what people might think. Just as we were worshiping earlier on, I just saw like it was just the whole, the floor of this building was covered in water. And I felt like God was saying, look down at your feet, can't you see the water's rising? I am doing something new, but I don't want it just to stop at your feet. I want the water to keep rising. And I just sense it was almost like an open-ended thing that we're able to, we're able to enjoy the water that's flowing because the rain even in the natural over the last week had just been flowing and it hasn't been a a storm rain, it's been a soaking rain. And I feel that's this morning as much as it's been frustrating me because I've got things at home I need to do before the wedding. I'm looking at that saying this is spiritual. That God is pouring out his spirit and he wants us to be part of that. And being open-ended, we need to step into that water Lord, we choose this morning to step in and pursue you. Baptise us afresh, oh God. Jesus. We receive you. We receive Father, we declare in this place today that you are indeed our Lord. We surrender our lives to you, Father. I thank you for every person that's responded this morning. Lord, we continue to declare healing. We continue to declare breakthrough. We continue to declare the miraculous over every person here. I thank you, Lord God, that we can pray prayers that expect more. We can pray prayers that don't just stop with the words, but continue on because your anointing is upon us. Lord, we speak your anointing upon every person here. I thank you, Lord, that our words will be filled with life, that you will cause us to guard even the words that come out of our mouth in how we speak during the week. Lord, that we will continue to live a life that honours you, that that glorifies you, that declares you Lord and King. Father, we thank you for the privilege we have of spending time in your presence. But Father, I ask that as we go from here, you give us opportunity to minister life. You give us opportunity to speak. You give us opportunity to act in a way that shows Christ to others. Lord, we thank you that we're not just commissioned to be here, but we're commissioned to be out in the world. And we just ask that you just orchestrate our steps from here on end. We just surrender to you. We thank you for your lordship. And we continue to worship you and praise you, for you are our king. And we declare together that Kingborough shall be saved. Amen. 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 Just thinking of what he was saying, the body of Christ needs to put volume to that phrase that it's our responsibility not just the words we speak but it's our responsibility to live volume to that phrase so it starts here together let's just declare it kingbra shall be saved kingbra shall be saved kingbra shall be saved lord we declare it we thank you for it we agree with it lord and we will start living this out to glorify you and we thank you In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Amen.